If you're the first CSM hire, you're going to be doing a lot more than what you'd consider that, that core CSM role. Customer success is one of the biggest challenges in that you're tasked with becoming an expert on the product. You're tasked with becoming an expert communicator, both internally and externally. And you've got to balance those competing priorities, which are often very difficult to do. Make sure that that diligence is done up front so that you have the best possible chances for success. Gainsight presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello, and welcome to the Game Changer Podcast brought to you by Gainsight. That clip was from today's podcast, where we hear from Selena Jankulowska, Area VP of Account Strategy at Komodo Health, and Sean Porkar. Director of Customer Success at Extol. Today, we're talking all about starting a customer success function from scratch. We'll learn how to evolve your CS strategy and build a culture of collaboration across different teams. And now, your host, Adam Joseph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, the Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. So from speaking to many people in the customer success community, especially from the startup and the SMB worlds, a common challenge that they've had is being the first hire in customer success and then being given the responsibility for growing it from scratch. Now, whilst this is both exciting and an amazing opportunity, it can also be for some bewildering, confusing, and let's face it, really scary and quite lonely. So where do you go to get information? Who can sanity check your ideas? How do you know what you're implementing is going to work or not? How do you know when you need to repivot as your business grows? So I'm delighted to say that joining me today to discuss these challenges head on are Selena Jankolowska, who is the Area VP for Account Strategy at Komodo Health, and Sean Porkar, who's an experienced customer success professional. Sean and Selena, very warm welcome to you both. Likewise, Adam. It's great to be here. Thank you, Adam. Very happy to be here. So uh, what I'd love to do is maybe if you uh, could both introduce yourselves to everyone listening to the podcast and maybe we'll just kick off with a bit of fun. I know, Selena, starting with you, you're in a, a quite a unique situation at the moment because of lockdown. So my question is, as well as getting yourselves to introduce yourself, can you uh, tell us one of the biggest challenges that you've had during lockdown and how you faced it? Selena, over to you. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with the background on a professional on the professional <laughs> side and then go into the fun that I'm experiencing here. So like you mentioned, I'm an area VP of account strategy here on the customer success team at Komodo. And Komodo Health is really an engine for healthcare data intelligence. So what we've done is we've connected thousands of data sources across the healthcare system to build essentially the largest healthcare map of the US. And then we've built software products and analytic solutions to really tackle some of the biggest challenges that life sciences companies face. And we do this by using the power of data and AI. And I came to Komodo from management consulting, where I also specialized in the life sciences industry. So moving to the tech side of things was a very exciting transition now almost four years ago. 
And when I first joined, we were just starting the CX function. We called it CX there. I was the first CSM on the East Coast. We had one other in the West and that was it, right? Then we were about 20 people on both coasts in the entire company. And today we're well over 200 now. So it's definitely been a ride and I'm really happy to share some of that with you today. And as for, you know, (laughs) the the real life challenges at the moment, I came to Thailand on vacation in March and they shut down the airport and I've been here ever since. So (laughs) you know that feeling when at the end of your vacation, you say, I really wish I could just stay and live here. You don't. You want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I should point out we're recording this in June. So it's quite a few. Whereas normally we get one or two weeks for vacation. Yeah, I was saying to Selena before we recorded this, I'm not sure she'll ever want to go on vacation again. I'm sure that feeling will come back, but you can have too much of a good thing, right? No, there is such a thing as too much pad thai, but other than that, at least the weather is good and I'm enjoying that part. So yay. (laughs) Fantastic. Sean, over to you. Yeah, thank you, Adam. And certainly envious of your uh, endless vacation over there. I honestly can't remember the last time I've had a real vacation. I suppose I'll start with the personal bit, just tying into that comment there. One of the biggest challenges for me, actually, you know, currently in between roles as a result of the uh, current global uh, situation here. But uh, I've got two under four at home. And just trying to balance the workday, interviewing meetings, and just uh, a bit of a hectic schedule with a toddler and a little one that's constantly looking for your attention has, has been interesting. I know a lot of folks have likened these times to working from home, but I just want to say for all of those parents out there that I you know, empathize with that situation and really hope that others are able to do the same because it's, it's not easy and you're all doing a fantastic job. And I just want to acknowledge that as someone who's been struggling in that position the last few months as well. Hell yeah. And Sean, I know previously from your experience that you've actually been a co-founder of a business, right? So really intrigued to know When a lot of people are joining into a customer success role, the company has been around perhaps for a little while. But when you co-founded your business, was customer success baked in from the very beginning or an afterthought? Yeah, it's a great question. It definitely was, but it wasn't something that we necessarily called customer success. So let me just provide a little little background on on me and then I'll jump into more details Mm. on the question for you. So I've spent around 15 years at this point on a variety of customer-facing teams I'm really working with enterprise uh, type clients, but definitely you know, some SMBs in, in the mix as well. Industry-wise, MarTech, AdTech, media, business intelligence. So quite a few interesting areas. And on the, the customer success side specifically, so I've contributed, built, and led customer success teams from a variety of, of different size companies from seed to, to series C for the past eight years. And as you mentioned, including that from the ground up as a co-founder. And then for context, I think this you know, may come up later in our discussion. I've also had the opportunity to hold sales leadership and some senior account management roles at a couple of different ad tech companies, one of which I was actually an early employee of that went on to be part of a fairly large acquisition, and one that I also joined just afterward during the last economic downturn and was part of the group that really helped to, to scale that one up. So suffice it to say, I've had some pretty interesting perspectives on mm. both ends of the spectrum. And coming into Accomplice Marketing, which is the name of the, of the company that you're referring to there, after a few different pivots... We had a lot to think about in terms of how we wanted to connect with our customers. And that's really what it was about you know, in the early days. It was building those relationships and really trying to connect with the people that we wanted to help. We had lists of different brands and agencies that we wanted to work with, these folks we wanted to be our customers. And we learned early on that just opening the door and telling them we were interested in listening was the most important thing that we could do. 
And over time, through advice of different advisors and folks at more established companies, I mean, at the time, just for context, I think Gainsight has only been around for a couple of years. So customer success as, as a term was still pretty nascent. But we started to hear about this thing where folks were rolling up those responsibilities, whether it was a support responsibility or an account management responsibility, and starting to join all of those things together into a unique role where you had these, I call them athletes today, where you've got a CSM who's really focused on the entire customer journey. And they said, hey, guys, you really need to think about all of this stuff that you're doing for product market fit and starting to develop these customer relationships and put those underneath a, a department that's really going to help you leverage those responsibilities and develop the accountabilities across the organization. And mm-hmm. that's really what turned into customer success at, uh, at Accomplice Marketing in the early days. Interesting. And going back to your background, Selena, you mentioned in your intro there that you spent several years in various consultancy positions. So what made you make the move into customer success from previously being really successful from a consultancy standpoint? Yeah, it's interesting because for me, customer success came sort of second. The first reason I moved into this role was because of the company and because of what they were building. When they reached out to me, they were basically building a product that would essentially replace weeks of laborious work by consultants or internal employees in a pharma company with a few clicks. So when I first met the co-founders and they told me about their customer team and that's what they were trying to recruit me for, my first thoughts were pretty much the same as anyone who's never heard of customer success. You want me to go into customer service? I feel like I'm a little (laughs) overqualified. (laughs) We've all had uh, parties or to our parents trying to explain what it is that we do and and what it isn't most importantly. Yeah, so that was exactly what was going through my mind is, you know, I'm sitting across the table, I'm hearing about these amazing work and amazing vision that they have, but the vision of the startup and really the caliber of the team sold me. So I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. And I would sort of carve my own path from there. And then eventually I kind of learned more about customer success and realized there was there was a lot more to it that customer service was maybe 5% of what the role entailed. So I was very excited. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, that's the fascinating thing about customer success. At its heart, it's a reasonably simple ethos to understand about trying to document and deliver outcomes to customers, right? But the way that you do it is multifaceted. And if it's done well, it should be well thought out. You should have a a documented process for how you're going to do it. Great people, great technology like Gainsight and so on and so forth. But Sean, if you're put into a position or or someone reaches out to you and say, hey, I've just been given this role. I found out about customer success. I'm the first hire. Yes, I've read that kind of famous blue book from Dan Steinman, Nick Matter, and Lincoln Murphy. So I've got an idea of what it is. How do I start? What would your advice might be to that individual? If just what to do on day one, day 30, and so on and so forth? Sure. Sure. It's, it's a great question. And I suppose I would assume at that point that the individual had done some diligence on, on the team and, and the market opportunity, right? Because if you're the first CSM hire, you're going to be doing a lot more than what you'd consider that, that core CSM role. And love to make sure that that diligence is done up front so that you have the best possible chances for success. Because really... Customer success is one of the biggest challenges in that you're tasked with becoming an expert on the product. You're tasked with becoming an expert communicator, both internally and externally. And you've got to balance those competing priorities, which are often very difficult to do. So to try to simplify that challenge a little bit, here's what I would suggest. Start with the customer experience. Try to understand what it is their customers are looking to get out of the relationships that they're trying to build with you, with the company, with the product. What is it that they're looking to do in short and long term with you? And really try to see what you can do to build the best possible experience for them 
and try to work backwards from there to understand what is it that I can do today that's sustainable and eventually that I can scale either with the help of additional people or help of technology that's going to allow these folks to be successful with my company. I think you raised some great points there. I think for me, one of the most important things when starting anything new, and I think customer success really falls into this category, is having a really clear mandate. So why does customer success exist? What are those key metrics that you want to see shift? So you have this function called customer success. What is it that you're going to own? Is it going to be NPS? Is it going to be churn? Is it going to be your gross retention or net retention? I think it's really important from the outset to own something and actually be clear to the rest of the business how you're going to impact that for the positive and then build your mandate around it. Selena, just coming to you, again, same question, but when you found yourself starting off customer success from scratch, what lessons did you learn and what advice might you have for others who are embarking on that same challenge? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting position to be in, right? And I think starting with a customer is obviously the first and most important thing. But what worked really well for us, anecdotally speaking here, is that we really aligned our customer operations closely to the engineering and the deployment of our first solution. So rather than looking outward and, you know, what's worked for other companies, we were really a team who basically loved to figure stuff out and build frameworks. So we looked at how we were operating engineering product, how the product was made, how it was delivered to the customer, what the customer needed thereafter. And we already had that beautiful product market fit. So we built first a resource center for the customer success team organized by the stages of that journey. So even before having that customer's journey, this wasn't the customer's journey, but more the CSM's journey. What is expected from the CSM by the engineering or the product team in this first stage pre-deployment? What do you need to do before the solution is even in front of the customer, right? Then what do you need to do when the customer gets the solution to ensure success there? And then naturally, you know, a customer success playbook follows with focus on what you do to ensure success with the customer. And even that got an upgrade after I got a chance to attend a few different customer success meetups and conferences, including Gainsight. So hugely valuable for first-time CSM and a team that's building out those processes, building out that time frame and that playbook. But it's two pieces to me. It's the CSM's journey and it's the customer's journey. And you sort of need to marry the two so that you're set up for success internally and externally. Amazing. Yeah, I can definitely plus one to get in the external validation. We always say about our Pulse conferences, even if you didn't go and even if you didn't go to Pulse just to hear the speakers, actually having that community spirit, being able to bounce ideas, hearing about challenges that other organizations are having at similar stages is worth the entrance money alone. Sean, what about you? Is anything there that Selena or I mentioned resonate with you as well? Yeah, you know, for me, I also agree that it's really important to start with the customer side of things take a look at the experience you are wanting to have with your team and, and with your product and working backwards from there. So for us, even though we didn't realize we were actually doing this, really building out that customer journey and trying to understand what are the different points along the way that they're going to be interacting with our company, starting with even the, as early as the sales process and going through that handoff and transition there once they become a fully baked customer and really kind of mapping that out and understanding what sort of experience you know, we want to be able to provide Mm-hmm. And what are we going to be able to to sustain, especially as a small team where you have one individual dedicated to customer success? And at least with Accomplice Marketing, we had quite a few folks pitching in you know, from product and, and engineering and even support in those early days. But really thinking about how can we 
support this great customer experience, really provide the feedback that our customers are looking for, the training, the help, even the services to help build them campaigns and do that in a way that's sustainable and hopefully smart and scalable as we figure out what's going to work best for them as we mm. So, I mean, Sean, come in, just staying with you for the time being, I mean, one of the things I mentioned earlier was customer success should always have a really clear mandate in terms of what it's there to do. And maybe some of those key metrics, I also mentioned that it's going to positively impact. How important do you feel it is for customer success to really feel that it has ownership of something rather than just be, you know, I, I'm always at pains, we've got to be more than just a customer happiness group. We're more than just making sure. our customers happy. Yes, of course, a byproduct of customers achieving value is that they should be happy, but we're not seeking happiness, we're seeking value and value can be measured in many different ways. How important do you feel that is and what are your experiences there? Yeah, it's it's extremely valuable. And in an earlier stage company, I think things are, are unique in that you're probably not going to be you know, looking at uh, some of the more fundamental metrics around you know, retention and revenue that you're going to be in a later stage company that's, that's first tackling customer success. But that doesn't make it any less valuable to, to think about things in, in an organized way. So for us, what we really focused on was ownership and accountability. We're a small team and you're there to do a job. And initially, that job's focused around uh, getting that product market fit, understanding what is it going to take to establish uh, you know, product adoption there. And we would make a list of the customers we want to go out to, or you know, beta customers rather, and say, hey, you know, each of you are going to take five folks and come back, and, and we're going to discuss the feedback that you collected, and mm-hmm. ultimately you turn those things into success stories. So month over month, you know, we'd have a success story goal, even though we weren't necessarily calling it that right at mm-hmm. the time. Kind of have the, the benefit of hindsight now to really truly understand the, the fortunate strategy that we were going to market with. And using that to validate a specific number of, of features on a weekly and monthly basis. For example, the, the tool that we use that would help our customers generate multiple variations of a campaign with different types of creative inputs there. We went back and forth to customers probably for six months to get that right. And one of the main questions we had up front was, are customers going to want to give up control of that? And frankly, you know, once you get through all of the feedback and see that you could create hundreds, if not thousands of different combinations of campaigns with just a few pieces of copy and creative, you know, mm-hmm. it became very clear that there were certain things that made a lot of sense. And we couldn't have done that without very clear metrics, very clear mandate, and the willingness to, to take that ownership and hold ourselves accountable for collecting that information and ensuring the right people in the company got it at the right time so that we could develop our roadmap for our customers. Yeah, really interesting. And Selena, for you, when you were building it out from customer success out from scratch, how soon were you able to show that the investment that they made in you and customer success was actually repaying itself? Was it tough to do or, or did you have a dashboard of results that you could share? How did that manifest itself? Yeah, so we are an extremely high touch model. So when I think about it kind of internally versus externally, internally, our leadership always placed a high value on CX. There was never any question around what the value is that customer success brings. In fact, having customer success has been a huge differentiator for us in the marketplace we operate in because it's not as common, right, in the life sciences space. But externally, once I start working with a client, I think showing ROI there is really imperative to incentivize the customer to continue working with us. And so there's kind of the internal component of how are we performing and how are we tracking and those KPIs could be a mix of right anything, depending on what it is that we're interested in looking at. But when we're looking at ROI for the customer, I think there are really just two critical components to show them. And that's to speak in terms of time and money. That's what ROI really is. So... Mm -hmm. I operate in a B2B environment, but 
This framework, to me, translates down to the micro level of an individual end user. Show me how you're saving me or making me money and show me how you're giving me back my time. The two most valuable currencies, right? So whatever your product or service does, show how it captures value in the form of time and money. Put it in a brief deck, put it in a two to three page memo for your main client. And also, if you can, get some verbatim comments from happy users to add a little touch of support from within their organization. So I think once you do this, you have a tangible thing you can point to to show how you've delivered value. And I think we're talking about value here. And I think that's really mm. the the most critical thing that you need to do as a CSM to ensure that the client continues working with you, continues renewing, continues expanding your business. Yeah, it's, it's some great points. I mean, obviously, you mentioned you talk about you have a really high-touch model. And in high-touch, it's obviously quite intensive. It's very human-orientated as opposed to just kind of email after email. And clearly, there's a limit to how much an individual can do. Sean, maybe if, if we turn it to you, as you think about growing out customer success from one individual to two to five, and obviously then you're kind of growing out the organization, aside from seeing when steam are coming out the ears of a CSM doing the job or they're starting at seven and working through to 10 at night, which no one wants, how do you realize when you actually need to go from one to two to four and, and so on and so forth? I guess there's a mixture of both subjective and objective ways that you can do it. But what advice might you have there for people who are just single individuals doing a CS role and trying to prove to the business how it needs to grow from there? Yeah, so there's a couple of thoughts that I, I can share there. One, I think that was initially you know, driving our um, decision to really start ramping up on the customer success side you know, early on was really the feedback that we were getting, you know, that I was getting from, from other leaders in the company in that our product and engineers were spending a ton of time with customers and not that they didn't want to, it's just that they've got a primary job and, and, are, and are happy to continue helping on, on the customer side. But what we really need to do is start thinking about how we can staff up that, uh, that side of the company. And certainly, you know, being an early stage company, you know, resources, uh, you know, were, were pretty thin in the early days, especially before we raised our Series A. So, you know, it was always a little bit of a, of a balancing act to, to kind of push back and say, hey, let's try to figure out what it is we can do to still retain the involvement of folks on the you know, technical side of the company for the product so they can continue to learn and iterate as they see how folks are using it, but also recognize that, uh, you know, hey, we're going to need some resources you know, within the CSM team to, to start growing. And from that perspective, you know, I started to develop just a pretty simple model where I was literally tracking where I was spending my time. I mean, you can download browser plugins and different apps. And, you know, it's something I've, I've done to other companies, either on you know, recommendation of the team and, and even things that I thought would uh, help us understand a little bit more effectively of how we were actually using our time with our customers. But just uh, keeping track of time that I was spending on customer calls, answering uh, customer support type issues, transaction support issues, time where I was focused on uh, you know, internal meetings, feedback, voice to the customer work, that type of stuff, success stories. And at a certain point, you realize, hey, you know, there's certainly not enough hours in the day, let alone a 20-hour day to try to you know, pack all of this in. And from there, started building out the plan to bring on some folks to, to help me out. Folks that were well-versed in the marketing and advertising space, a little more technical, if you will, and also folks that are a little more relationship-oriented and put together a plan to try to balance what that looked like. First two, then an additional two, one on each side of that type of a role. And it helped us build out a you know, plan that uh, we could put into our documentation that we were sharing as we were raising our Series A. And I think what that showed is, is, is really how we were thinking about scaling the business, the importance of, of customer you know, centricity there, that we were focused on providing a great experience, not just trying to sell one, not just trying to build a tool, 
that did all kinds of neat things, but really that we wanted to help folks use it and, and use it effectively. And in order to do that, we needed the appropriate resources to train and support our customers, both human resources and also uh, software resources to do that. And Selena, this is something you lived and breathed in Komodo, right? When you basically took it from a team of one to 30 in a relatively short time scale. Can you tell us about how you managed to that journey and, and some of the, the signals that you took to when you needed to grow it from where it was at the beginning to where it is today? Yeah, so the funny thing about Komodo is we've pretty much always been in a state of having more work than knowing what to do with it on our customer team. So we always had, you know, more clients signing up and more new deals coming in. So we really always needed to hire quickly for the customer team. But at the same time, one thing that really made me happy to see even today is we maintain a very high bar when it comes to hiring. So in our industry, the life sciences industry, which is heavily regulated, heavily specialized, having domain knowledge is critical. So I can say almost none of our CX hires were former CSMs. We've really looked for people who worked or consulted for the life sciences space, who have an affinity for and experience with data, and who are ideally and preferably people with client-facing experience. So that trifecta is really what's made it at times challenging from a hiring perspective, even Mm. though we kind of all need to bring people in on the team. But then it's also extremely rewarding because once we find someone with the right qualities, we kind of tend to mold them into our own sort of Komodo brand of CSM, if you will. But the signals to grow the team were pretty much always and continue to be there. So I can imagine, as as you said, so when you're looking for new hires, it's not so much you're looking for tenured CSMs. It's people who have been in the shoes of the customers that you serve. That's right. Exactly. Domain knowledge is critical for our industry. So it, it far trumps or supersedes having experience as a CSM. Mm, really interesting. And just as you look back, as you've both got tremendous experience on this topic and have had some incredible achievements, as you look back and over the last five, 10 years of your career, as you've got into customer success and grown discipline and practices in it, if you could go back and, and talk to yourself at the beginning of your journey, is, is there kind of one or two things you might have done differently or key bits of advice you, you wish you could have whispered in your ear back then? Sean, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that it's really focusing on simplicity. You know, I'm a pretty detail-oriented individual and tend to uh, sometimes put together a little bit larger plan than is necessary. And that's okay. You know, you, you know, you have a pretty nice roadmap that you can follow and, and one that you can use to to get folks on board, especially when it comes to discussing uh, budgets and planning uh, end of the quarter, end of the year. But really in those early days, you know, if there's one thing I could recommend, it's, it's again, start with that customer experience and mm-hmm. and. and simplicity. You know, what are the few things you can do every day that are going to keep your customers happy? What are the things that you can do every day to keep your team, your uh, you know, executive team in the loop and, and start from there? And that might be, uh, you know, simple email communications. It could be a simple dashboard internally, and it could be that email or phone call that you make to your customers, not under the uh, you know, auspices of just calling to check in, but maybe providing them some, some usable, some actionable information. So for uh, you know, us at Accomplice, that was calling them to update them on uh, performance of, of their campaign and some of the autonomous aut- automations that we were making uh, within them. Essentially, we were helping them manage uh, you know, bidding and budgeting across uh, you know, three different uh, ads APIs at the time. So providing them that actual intel, telling them things were going well, or telling them that you wanted to give them an option to, to do A or B and, and really engaging them in some conversation. Those are some of the simple things you can do. You don't need to overthink it. Yeah. You don't need to plan out this whole strategy and put together this whole deck just to have a phone conversation. So, so for me, it's just 
really focusing on things that are that are simple yet effective and instead of uh, you know trying to do too much which is, is literally you know not going to be possible to do especially as an early stage team with thin resources or as a single initial CSM on that team yeah I think that's that's great advice Selena what what about you any key tidbits or any any, uh, any advice that you would have given yourself back then? Yeah, when <laughs> it's a really deep question, actually, when you think about it. And if I go on a deeper <laughs> level, the one big thing that I always tell people is build your own personal code, right? Figure out what are the values that are driving your interactions with the world. For me, there are things like speaking with purpose, speaking with kindness, respect, integrity. The golden uh, rule. Always be curious, always be passionate about life, right? And that's going to drive all of your interactions with you know, your colleagues, your customers, everyone around you. And then if I think about customer success and you know, advice that I kind of wish I had, everything, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it was kind of a blessing to not know too much because it really forced me on this path to discovery. But if there was something that you know, I wish I knew, it's there's a ton of resources out there and a ton of people in customer success that you can learn from. So if there's something that you can do today, it's go out there, interact, engage in these different conferences and different groups and online communities. I think the customer success community is probably some of the most outgoing and at the same time down to earth people that you can meet. And they're always willing to share and learn from one another. So go out there and bring as much knowledge as you can back into your organization. It's going to accelerate not just your personal growth, but also your organization's growth. And both of those things are very rewarding. Yeah, and and it's not just consuming; it's also contributing. That I hope we're doing with this podcast as well. I mean, working for Gainsight, we we put a ton of resources out there, and even before I joined the business, I really benefited from them. We're adding to that all of the time. There are different events, as you say, but also everyone's experience is different. And I think the more people that actually share those experiences, not just the successes, but the failures as well. As my career, I've learned more from my failures than I have my successes, is really valuable. Sean, Selena, thank you so much for joining. It's, it's you know a really fascinating topic, and I know many people who are in who have been in the position that you have and I have in my career will find this so valuable. About what are those early building blocks? How do you scale customer success and grow it into a much bigger discipline? Selena, I, I hope you uh, you managed to get home from your extremely long vacation. <laughs> and Sean, just to double and uh, to add to what you said earlier, you know, for those parents out there, could relate exactly to what you're saying. So happy parenting, and thank you both for your time today. It's been wonderful. Absolutely, thank enjoyed you. the conversation. It's nice to learn from you, Selena, and looking forward to uh, keeping in touch. Absolutely, you as well, Sean. And thank you, Adam. It was a pleasure. Thanks again, Adam. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to StudioPodSF.com.